Hey guys, intro time. I just wanted to say that I was re-watching my first two podcast episodes and sorry, it sounds like I don't have a lot of motivation to be talking. My tone was not there. Uh, I kind of had something going on with my voice, but I'm going to look past it and fix it for the next couple of episodes. Um, also, I'm kind of like just starting a... I don't know, some kind of sickness, so bear with me here, but I'll make sure to have it be the best quality that I can. Alright, I'll see you after the intro. What's up, boys? Hope your week has been good so far. I don't know what day you're listening to this on or what you're doing while listening, but welcome in. Glad that you're able to join me today. And I hope that you learn a thing or two from what I'm about to say. So, speaking of which, a little backstory on me and why you can trust the things that I'm about to say in this episode. I've always been around working out and had the desire to because my dad really got me into it and started, I guess, having me be active from a young age. For example, he enrolled me into a lot of different sports. Like, I was in soccer from a very young age. I feel like everyone kind of had that going on. I was in basketball. Um, I had a very involved flag football team that I was on. I was actually the quarterback of that for like, I don't even know, maybe four or five years. And that taught me a lot about, of course, at that age, I wasn't concerned about staying in shape, but it at least opened my mind to being a lot more active and wanting to do a lot more sports eventually. Later in my high school years, I still, uh, I didn't keep with football, but I went on to doing sports like basketball and lacrosse and tennis and also track for a little bit. But a lot of these were kind of like, I guess, only one season or so. But it taught me a lot about just kind of trying out sports and definitely gave me more motivation to wanting to stay active. So that really helped me to want to maintain a good physical shape and appearance and good physical health so that I could compete in a lot of sports that I was doing at the time. This is around, I'd say I started lifting weights around 13, but really started getting into it around 14, 15. Even then, I wasn't super into lifting weights, but I was kind of just starting and but that's, I will say that's when I really did start taking it more seriously. I would lift around maybe once a week, maybe twice a week if I was lucky. I'd usually go on the weekend or something with my dad. And I'd put in a good amount of work. I was seeing a little bit of positive gains, but not really anything too much. Um, I guess this was around 14, 15. I was around ninth, 10th grade about at that time. So I was still pretty skinny, and even though I was eating a ton at the time, I guess my metabolism was so high that it was kind of just burning off anything that I would eat, and I felt like I could eat everything in sight but still not really gain any weight. And maybe you guys can relate to that. Maybe you're on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, I'll talk more about weight gain and weight loss a little bit later, and how to navigate both scenarios differently. But continuing on with my backstory, 
I started getting a little bit more serious by the spring of my junior year. I tried out for the weightlifting team and I was all right. I was kind of like a reserve, mostly because I couldn't, there were two major components of the weightlifting meets there, which were bench press and clean and jerk. And I could not get the form down for the clean and jerk to save my life. Actually, and I figured this out later on, but it was due to, so I have scoliosis, which is basically curvature in the spine and it can limit back mobility and shoulder mobility. So I would always have problems with getting the correct form and being able to properly, I guess, get my shoulders back and get the correct posture for doing it. And that aside, I was never really picked for the actual competition part of the meets. Even though my bench press for my size was pretty good, I was in the I think it was like the 139 to 154 weight class. I was like just at the bottom of the 139. And bench press started at around like 140, I think, pounds. And over the course of the weightlifting season, I went all the way up to 185 pounds for bench press, by the way, not for my actual weight. Uh, I did not gain 45 pounds in a couple of months. Definitely not. So after that, I was like, oh, wow, I, I really am on the right path and have the right tools, I guess, to progress and get stronger and bigger. So that was kind of like the turning point for me as to starting to really take weightlifting very seriously. And I started to do a lot of powerlifting and things like that. And that is when I discovered, um, this is not sponsored or anything, but that's when I discovered Athlean-X, which is an amazing workout program by Jeff Cavalier, and you can go check it out. It's athleanx.com. Again, this is not sponsored or anything. I just, I really love that program so much, and it's done so much for me that everyone I come in contact with, I feel like I have to promote it. It's like, it completely changed my entire physique, so I definitely wouldn't be in the same physical form today without it. And actually, I'm still using it now. I just used it yesterday for a workout. So definitely check that out. I would I would look into that. And about my backstory, to fill in some of the gaps, once I discovered that I was super into weightlifting, I decided, I was like, you know what? Let me start eating healthy. And let me start actually putting in effort to get good nutrition and make healthier choices. And that's going to be the main aspect that I'm going to talk about throughout this episode, as well as tips on staying healthy, eating healthy, pitfalls that you can fall into, and following the wrong advice. Um, actually, Athlean-X does a really good job about eating schedules, and um, Jeff Cavalier has a ton of information on what you should eat, um, what you should stay away from, types of eating plans that you can do. But Nutrition is really a lot more, I guess, straightforward than you would think. I'm going to get into this further in just a bit, but yeah, go at it from a more straightforward mindset. It's depending on what your starting point is, it definitely increases or decreases the level of how much work you're going to have to put into having a healthy diet, but definitely it is more straightforward than you would think, as I just said. But 
Yeah, so I just wanted to give you a backstory on me and how eating healthy kind of started to fit into my life. This was only probably, I started getting into weightlifting around spring of 11th grade, so that would have been, I think, only about two and a half years ago. And in those two and a half years, I've made huge strides to improve my physique and build muscle, and my body looks night and day different from I was then to where I am now. So to prove that I'm not just all talk and how I have this amazing physique now, you can actually check out in my website, selfdevelop101.com. I have a picture of me. If you scroll down a little bit, it's in the about me section. You can't miss it. So that's about how I look now. I think that picture was taken maybe a couple months ago, but eating healthy and exercising consistently has really led me to getting the physique that I want and I'd never want to go back. So with that being said, I want to give you some of the tools that I learned along the way of specifically eating healthy. I'll definitely end up doing a segment in a later episode about working out and all the specifics about that. So definitely tune into that one when it's posted, most likely within the next week or two. But anyways, back to the main discussion at hand, eating healthy. So if you've ever just looked up best healthy tips or anything like that on the internet or on any social media platform, you've definitely found a wealth of information about the topic, probably even a little too much information. It's almost hard to choose from because one guy will say, oh, don't eat breakfast. The other guy will say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And you, you just never know what exactly to be able to trust. I'll definitely preface this by saying I am not a nutritionist uh, or a licensed nutritionist or anything, but I'm just speaking from experience of what has worked for me and what has worked for the people around me that I know. Even for my dad, who's in his middle ages, and nutrition is going to be much different at that age for sure. Like definitely with him, he has to prioritize getting a lot more protein than even I would have to get. Since the body, as you get older, actually processes protein a lot less efficiently, and you need more of it to maintain certain things like muscle mass, muscle strength, and bone health. And it's also different based on how much you work out and how active you are during the day. So the best baseline kind of test that you can do to get a general read of what you should be doing is take out your phone uh well i guess you're already on your phone listening to this but if it's in your pocket or something take it out go to safari or google whatever and look up tdee calculator so before i explain any further i want you to you can pause this right now if you want to it's going to be the first link that pops up and i just want you to fill out everything that it says and then once you're done you can hit resume so do you have your number as you may or may not have figured out, the number that you're getting from this calculation is the amount of calories that you should be eating in a day. And I think it's super crucial for anyone who's either trying to gain weight or lose weight or even stay the same weight. It's great to have that number to be able to use as a baseline for how much you should eat in a day. For example, mine is 2,632 calories in a day that I should be getting. And I usually shoot for, I'd say, just about around that. 
So I weigh around 155 pounds about now, and I'm pretty good with where I'm at. I think that's a good weight to be at for me. But also, I wouldn't mind putting on a couple of extra pounds of muscle. So I usually eat just maybe a little bit over my TDEE so that that can happen. Um, and if you're wondering how you can track your calories, just do a simple search on the app store for calorie tracking apps, and you should be able to find one that suits you. Also, for most of them, you don't have to pay a premium or anything um, unless you want like advanced tracking. But as long as it gives you access to obviously the calories of what you're eating for free and maybe inputting macros, that would be pretty helpful too. Um, as long as it has those two things and it's free, I think you're fine. Unless you want to pay for a higher version, that's completely up to you. I did mention macros. So macros, short for macromolecules, are the three types of food that you're going to be getting during the day. So that's going to consist of carbohydrates, or better known as carbs, fats, and protein. With macros, people will either knowingly or unknowingly have a split between how much they get from each section. So let's say you get 45% of your macros from carbs, 25% from fats, and 30% from protein. I'm pretty sure that adds up to 100. I'm not the best at math, especially on the fly, but bear with me. So anyways, that sort of split that makes up your 100%, that's your macro split. And usually you can measure it per day, um, sometimes you can have it per week or for a year just to get a rough estimate of how much you're actually getting from each specific macro. And these definitely depend based on what your goal is. If you're trying to build muscle, a good macro split is, or actually an ideal macro split because it's kind of hard to achieve, is 40% protein, 30% carbs, and 30% fats. And I'd say a general rule of thumb for whatever you're doing is try to prioritize protein. You don't have to get exactly the right splits of any of them, but just keeping it relatively around there. Especially if you work out, getting enough protein is crucial to building muscle and making sure that your body has enough fuel to be able to rebuild the muscle tissue that you worked out and be able to strengthen it on top of that. So I don't always pay attention to the exact splits of my macros because I'm relatively comfortable with the weight that I'm at right now. So I'm not looking to definitely not looking to lose weight, but not looking to gain too much weight either. So I'd say if you are having a goal in mind to either lose or gain weight, definitely focus on getting the right macro splits. And back to the topic of TDEE with your goal to either gain or lose weight, I would say a general rule of thumb is you don't want to ever go too severe in either way. So if you're trying to lose weight, I would say stay between about 15 to 20% less than your TDEE. But if you're feeling like you're not eating enough, then you can go from 15 to 20% to 10 to 15% if that works better for you. And how you would calculate that is say my TDEE that I just calculated, it was 2632. If I times that by 0.85, I would get somewhere around 2,237 calories. 
And that is about what you should be eating on a daily basis if you're trying to lose weight. And again, that's going to vary for you. That's That would just be my, if I was trying to lose weight, that would be the calories that I would want to eat, but it's going to be different for you. And conversely, if you want to gain weight, then you would times it. Usually I would stay in between 10 and 15% above your TDEE. Um, usually don't go above 15%. So for the sake of demonstration, I'll just split the difference. So I'll do 26.32 times 1.125, so 12.5% increase. And that would give me 2,961. So that would be how many calories personally I would have to eat in a day if I wanted to be gaining weight. And again, that's going to be different for you. Um, you'll have to convert that and put the multiplier on it by yourself. So I've talked about the main framework of everything, but I wanted to get into how you can actually use what I was just talking about with the TDEE in a practical sense and give you general ways that I try to stay healthy and stay on top of my nutrition. So tip number one, you've definitely heard this before, but I'm going to reinforce it. Everything in moderation. Basically, what I mean by this is when you're on a diet, it doesn't mean that you have to cut off all unhealthy foods. At the base of it, everything is still a calorie. And certain things are more calorie dense, meaning that they can be smaller food items, but pack more calories. So it can either make it feel more filling than it actually is, or sometimes even less. So what I'm talking about is you always see people that go, oh, I'm on a diet, I can't eat anything unhealthy, and then they just eat salads. But the thing about salads is there's really no substantial nutrition, at least on a macro level. On a micro level, it's great. Salads and vegetables are a great source of micronutrition. And although it may be good because it's less calorie dense, it doesn't fill you up as much and it doesn't give you as much sustenance throughout the day because it's mostly just water. And the vegetables in a salad, on the other hand, are on a macro level, just carbs. So you're really not going to get that much protein. You may get a little good fats depending on the dressing that you have or maybe the toppings that you have on the salad. Are they called toppings or what are they called when you... Anyways. <laughs> uh, okay, that aside, you see where I'm coming from eating just a certain type of food or eating it's always good to eat a lot of vegetables but even sometimes eating a little too many vegetables can still hurt you albeit in a different way but it's still the same kind of thing definitely that would happen to a lot less people than it would with junk food because who do you know that likes vegetables that much to eat too many servings of them in a day but it's the same thing with cake if you eat too much cake you're going to get bloated, you're going to start putting on pounds of fat and eventually become a lot less healthy from eating too much cake. But even though it may not seem like it, if you eat too many vegetables in a day, you can have bloating and gas problems. And they aren't the most calorie dense foods, but you can still eat to where your macros are out of whack and you have way too many carbs and you need more protein and more fats, but you filled up on the carbs and 
don't get me wrong, vegetables are probably the best type of carb that you can have. And in no means am I saying don't eat vegetables, but make sure that you apply the rule of everything in moderation. And obviously that's a lot easier to spot with. I know I shouldn't eat too many donuts or I know I shouldn't eat too many Oreos because those are known to be bad foods for you. But just clearing up the misconception that you don't always have to be eating healthy foods to be healthy. Definitely make it a priority to eat the cleanest and the best that you can, but if you want to get a pizza sometime, don't limit yourself, get a pizza. But also don't get it too much. It's everything in moderation again, like what I was saying. Just apply that rule and you should be good. If you have any questions about anything in terms of eating healthy, definitely feel free to reach out. My email is on my website and there's also a contact form that you can fill out. So definitely take advantage of that. My website should be in my bio of the podcast now. So I think go check that out. If it's not there already, I'm sure it'll update soon. But yeah, definitely ask away if you want to. And finally, I'm going to be talking about meal prepping. So meal prepping is cooking a meal in larger portions than you normally would. So say you're just cooking it for yourself, maybe cooking a portion for three or four. That way it extends you for two or three meals after the first night that you originally cooked it. So basically it's just a way to cook off your food so it doesn't expire and so that you don't have to put in as much work to cook it a la carte every single time and saves you a lot of hassle. I've been super bad at remembering it when I cook, but I've been trying to make a mental note of it every time that I make something this year at least and try to make every meal extend for a couple of days because it's also good for, well, first of all, it's good for saving your money and also it's good for if you're cooking a healthy meal, you're gonna be eating healthy for the next couple of days. And just a quick side note, a lot of times my food expires. Wow, my food expires like it's supposed to. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, anyways, it's super annoying because I paid for it, but I can't use it anymore. So that's kind of a way to sidestep that. And that still happens to me, like, a lot. But I've been getting a little bit better at it. So hopefully I can keep not forgetting to let my food expire. But definitely I wanted to share that with you if you haven't heard of meal prepping before. And also I wanted to add one or two things. I know I said that was the last segment, but I wanted to address some of the pitfalls and things that you may tend to look at and start to believe. But I kind of want to make sure you know that a couple things aren't exactly true. Number one. Do not think that you have to basically starve yourself to lose weight. What I was talking about earlier with the TDEE, when you're trying to lose weight, only cut your daily calorie intake by about anywhere from 10 to 20%, but 15 about is going to be the sweet spot. Don't really go any lower than 20 because that's when you start to get into really low calories and then your body can't sustain what you actually need to fully function throughout the day. Number two, I have to use a diet or a popular fad diet to actually lose weight. A lot of what fad diets do is they get you to lose water weight, 
which is why when you start a fad diet, it'll say, lose 30 pounds in your first month. You're losing those pounds, but it's just water. So you're not actually losing any fat and it's not really gonna help you much in the long run. And it's also not going to help you to sustainably lose weight. And along with that, some of these fad diets don't even tell you to go do exercise or go work out. They just say, if you just eat this way, you'll lose weight. And you definitely can lose weight without working out, but you're not going to gain any muscle on top of it. And it's going to be a lot harder to consistently lose weight without the exercise component. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. Remember everything in moderation. You don't have to starve yourself. And if you didn't already calculate your TDEE, do that now and figure out how many calories that you should be eating a day. And then if you want to lose or gain weight or stay the same weight, remember your multipliers. If you are trying to lose weight, multiply your TDEE by anywhere from 0.90 to 0.80. So anywhere from 10 to 20% less than your TDEE. If you're trying to gain weight, multiply your number by anywhere from 1.1 to 1.15. So a 10 to 15% increase in calorie consumption per day. And finally, if you're trying to stay the same weight and you're good with where you're at, just eat right around your TDE. And also, if you are making some good strides and seeing some difference, either gaining weight or losing weight, remember to recalculate your TDEE and go off with a new number each time. So that is going to be all for me today. Oh, forgot. Remember to meal prep as well. That is a major that's going to help you a lot in the long run for maximizing your health, your time, and financially, it's going to help you a lot. Definitely an underrated aspect of it. So now that's going to be it for me today. So I will see you in the next episode.